0: Hi and welcome to this Nordea Markets Insights podcast. My name is Terry Baines and I'm excited to be hosting this mini podcast series focusing on our newly released issue of the Nordea economic outlook, the road to recovery. I'm getting the chance to interview the economists behind the report and dive into each of their specific subject areas. And today I'm very happy to be joined by analyst Morten Lund who focuses on the US and the UK. Hi Morten, great to have you here. Hi Terry, happy to be here. So the numbers in the U.S. have been quite staggering, with the unemployment rate in April rising to 14.7%, the highest level since the Great Depression of the 1930s. What's our general outlook for the U.S. economy?
1: Well, uh, I guess uh, sort of if if we look on the short term, then then things are still looking uh, relatively uh, severe in the sense that we still have this uh, high unemployment rate that that you mentioned and and uh, the labor market is is still fairly weak, although we actually got some some better numbers from um, from the job report on on friday which which did show that the unemployment rate uh, did uh, decline a bit but uh, but still the overall picture is is that uh, the u s economy is is still uh, still has very low activity um and we are still um only rebounding for 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 those uh, very low, low levels um so in that sense it still probably takes a while before the us economy is is sort of getting back to to normal levels uh, i would say and basically we should not expect that uh, within 2020 even if we get uh, ma- maybe a bit more uh, faster recovery um, than what we had expected um, but overall we we expect the us economy to to decline by uh, 5% uh, in 2020 so so it is a, a relatively big Decline. Um, It's around the double size compared to what we saw during the uh, global financial crisis. So that sort of put uh, things in in perspective here. And uh, at least it will be very, uh, I would say, a lot of it will depend on what happens on the uh, the labor market, as as I mentioned here.
0: We've seen the Federal Reserve stepping in in a major way during this crisis. What, What more should we expect from the Fed? Well, I guess
1: um, maybe to answer that question, it's maybe fair to start out to to say what what have they actually done? So, so first of all, they have slashed the uh, the policy rate to to zero, which is their normal uh, policy tool, and then they have uh, sort of. Uh, Uh, opted for sort of going through uh, what we call the open-ended QE. So that basically just means that they will uh, do asset purchase as much as needed and uh, basically they have been buying a lot of bonds um, uh, since since March and it has been at very very high levels. uh, Unprecedented if I may use uh, that word and then the third thing that they have done is they have introduced um what they call uh, lending credit facilities um and those facilities are new compared to what we saw um during the financial crisis and um it will be a, a lot of a lot of the interest to focus for, for this year will be will be what happens with these uh, credit facilities but but when you sort of uh, get that, those three and you try to say, okay, what will happen then? Um, then I think in terms of the policy rate, I think it's it's pretty pretty safe to say that uh, we should not expect any changes um, in the coming years. Um, the Fed has clearly stated that it will not go to, to negative as like we have seen in, in the euro area. Um, and on the other hand, it also seems like that they are so far away from... From, uh, from hiking rates at any point, so throughout our forecast horizon, we we have uh, unchanged policy rates. Then on the QE side, it's uh, it's a bit more tricky because they have this, as I mentioned, the open-ended QE, and it's a bit hard to to project what will happen. But but what we have sort of penciled in is that. Um, they will conduct these uh, asset purchases uh, throughout the year and that will probably mean that uh, combined with these uh, lending credit facilities that i mentioned that the uh, the fed balance sheet um, which is very important for a financial market that will uh, almost triple uh, compared to what it was uh, um, in the beginning of the year so the fed is doing a lot um, and they are more or less uh, doing uh, all they can um, and they will really try to to signal that uh, to markets that things that the policy is going to be very easy for for um, for a long long time. That is uh, that is more or less the the message from um, from uh, the Federal Reserve and, and Jay Powell.
0: Okay. Um, and now Congress has passed the uh, the massive Paycheck Protection Program to try to lessen the economic blow of the pandemic. Would you say that it has been a success?
1: Um, yeah, I think so, um, and I think the payroll numbers that that we got on Friday for for May, which I mentioned, uh, which which was actually the biggest increase we have ever seen, um, I think that sort of um, sort of makes the case that that the PPP has been uh, successful, um, and it is, in my view, probably also needed, um, or we need an extension for now. It seems like these sort of extra unemployment benefits they will expire uh, ultimately ultimately July and probably um, with the unemployment rate still being fairly high um and we probably need to see some extension here um but the bottom line is i think i think it has been uh, a success so far um it's not been a complete success in the sense that that more is still needed and perhaps they were a bit slow to get uh, the program uh, up and running uh, if i have to to uh, be a bit skeptical um but it has been a success and in my view it is i hope that they will uh extended but it seems like at the moment that there are there is a bit of a deadlock in uh, in congress uh, with with the both with the two uh, divided um uh, chambers here and there is some some sort of a battle between the uh, the democrats and, and and the republicans and
0: now we have the uh, US president presidential election coming up in November. In the report, you say financial markets will be on high alert, keeping 2016 in mind. What what can we expect come November?
1: Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Uh, I guess it's a, a bit uh, hard to to do a forecast when you have Trump uh, in office. But but basically, what what you can what you can expect um, is a lot of noise uh, ahead of the election. Um, that is inevitable when when you have uh, Trump in office. And just. If you recall what happened in 2016, uh, we did get some pretty uh, sharp reactions in in financial markets uh, when Trump got re-elected. That was also because it was a big surprise that he got re-elected, but but basically we saw uh, Treasury yields uh, um, increasing uh, very sharply and we also saw the dollar weakening. Um, Whether that's the case uh, this time around is is perhaps a bit uh, uh, difficult to judge. but in terms, I would say, in, uh, of, of who get elected, um, then the sort of conventional uh, election wisdom would say that that uh, that Biden, who is now the uh, official candidate, um, would end up winning, uh, and that is based on the fact that if you look. The past U.S. elections that have been there, then basically no um, uh, sitting uh, president has been uh, re-elected if, if the uh, U.S. economy has been in a recession. So, uh, in that sense, it, it probably looks like that, um, that Joe Biden is uh, is the favorite, and and that is also um, what we see when we look at the polls, and also what what the betting markets. Um, I am uh, expecting. So, uh, so probably we should uh, expect uh, Biden to um, to uh, to get elected. But in terms of the financial markets, I think uh, volatility is the uh, is the name of the game.
0: Right. And uh, in the report, you note that the U.S.-China trade war risk is back. What's happening on that front?
1: Well, uh, a lot, and and that can actually be. Uh, closely linked to to the u s election here because uh, what we have seen um over the past week is that the uh, the relationship between the two parties is is uh, ice cold uh, so to speak um and president trump he has been very aggressive um against in terms of his rhetoric against china and um um that has obviously been escalated with, with the tensions going on in in hong kong um and it seems like on the uh, on the trade war that that will um, escalate even further. Um, it seems like that that China is not able to live up to to the agreements that that they made in this uh, so-called Phase One uh, trade deal in in December. Um, and I think also just when you look at the uh, geopolitical climate, uh, it is uh, pretty pretty cold at the moment, and it's clear that that this, I would say, US-China trade war or maybe even technology war or whatever we should call it, um, I think that is uh, here to stay. Um, I actually think there is a a pretty clear consensus about that, whether you you ask the the Republicans or or the Democrats. um, China, they have been pretty uh, vocal about uh, that they want to um, uh, become um, become the number one uh, technology hub, and they have uh, really challenged uh, the west here and It seems like that that the u s and in particular um, trump will will really uh, tough his uh, his rhetoric uh, especially here um, ahead of the election um, when, when you ask some of the uh, sort of political analysts um, then they all say that that china at least Trump, who will try to make China the, the number one uh, topic ahead of the election. And, and so far, it has uh, also um, uh, benefited him in the sense that his approval ratings on, on his foreign policy, that has that has actually uh, improved quite a bit during this uh, corona crisis, not at least due to, uh, to him being uh, a more China hawk.
0: Okay, now um shifting gears to the UK. You write that the UK economy will likely take one of the hardest hits In this uh, corona crisis. Why is that and, and what's the outlook there?
1: Well, there are, there are diff- several uh, reasons why I think the UK uh, Will be one of the worst um, hit. Maybe the simple reason is that they have been uh, their, their sort of corona strategy has been a bit slow um, there were um the lockdown strategy was was a bit slow Um, and it seems like when we look at different measures that uh, the uk they will end up as the worst in g7 when we look at the fatalities per per million Um, and they will probably also end up as the uh, last major economy that where the uh, where the economy is 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 fully real um so that will obviously have a big impact on on the economy uh, and especially here in in uh, Q2 where we expect a, a decline of, of 15% q o q so so that is that is those are really big numbers also when we compare it to to for instance the the US um here um but also if we look maybe you can say the, the coronavirus and, and look a bit how the UK economy was positioned uh, before Corona. They were already in a relatively vulnerable uh, position um, in the sense that the labor market was um, weakening a bit and uh, business investments had had also been uh, quite quite weak for, for several years, uh, not at least due to, to Brexit. So I think there are a number of factors um, why the UK they are they are probably lagging behind, and and I'm 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 a bit uh, skeptical about the the outlook for for the UK economy.
0: You mentioned Brexit. Um, the Brexit saga continues. What's the status there, and, and can we expect a trade deal this year? <laughs>
1: yeah, that that is probably the uh, the toughest question <laughs> you have for me here. Um, I mean, Brexit has been a uh, uh, unpredictable, almost I would say, um, throughout the years. Um, but I think it has maybe been even more difficult to to predict what is uh, going to happen now, um, based on the fact that, that Boris Johnson he now has a a solid majority. Um, uh, he didn't have that in, in 2019, so he 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 basically uh, uh, relied on on parliament. He doesn't do that uh, to the same extent now. Um, so it is sort of the, the will of of, Bo- of Bojo that uh, that is uh, the deter- the determining factor here. Um, but in terms of getting a trade deal, um, I think the first step to answering that is whether I think that. Um, the UK and the EU will will agree on an extension of the transition period because that is really uh, what is sort of this short short term question. Um, there is a, an option uh, to extend the transition period um, that expires here end of end of June. Um, okay. If they exercise that option, uh, then it means that that they have either one or two uh, more years of uh, of time to negotiate um and they will still stay in in the single market and the customs unit and um, you could make the case that that, that would maybe be the most uh, practical thing um to do given especially given uh, you can say corona taking much of the focus um, but also given the fact that they only had 11 months to to conclude this trade deal and normally it's something that takes uh, several years so in that sense it, it, it it does look um i would say i would say I don't, i'm a bit skeptical about uh, this uh, trade deal concluding this year my, my base case is that this transition period will be um, extended but it is pretty uh, close call um, if they do not extend the transition period um, then it's obviously just a matter of do you get a trade deal or do you get this no deal Brexit uh, version 2.0, um, and obviously a lot can can happen here. But but in that scenario, I would slightly lean towards a uh, some sort of very um, loose uh, trade deal that that would then need to be uh, that would probably in in practice end up being. Uh, uh negotiated further uh, throughout the years because they cannot agree on everything in, uh, in 2020. I think that's pretty clear on, on things like uh, financial services and level playing fields and what other things that may um, come into play here. But uh, if the uh, transition period is, is not extended, then uh, then maybe a, a sort of a shallow trade deal is is uh, is the thing to to expect. But uh, Bottom line is there is also a lot of, of uh, uncertainty on Brexit, and, and no matter what happens, uh, I do not ex- expect this uh, uh, Brexit uncertainty to, um, to all of it, so to say, be, uh, be solved in uh, in 2020. It's it's here to stay for for several years, no doubt about that.
0: Great. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Thank you so much, Morten. You can find the full report and more of Morten's research at emarkets.nordea.com.